Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we've got a couple things we need to talk about with our dates to know. And uh, if you want to get any of this, it's in your bulletin under the dates to know at the bottom on the first page. Uh, life is better in groups. Uh, we really do believe that. And if you're not in a small group already, uh, we do encourage you to get in one. There's a new group happening this Tuesday, September 12th. Connie is leading a new women's study. And you can sign up at this back table behind this first section of chairs. And I believe the list is pretty full. So if there's not room, just flip over the page and sign on the back. And uh, that's a great problem to have, by the way, that we have a lot of people that are interested in a small group. So uh, thank you all for your interest in that. And I pray and hope that Connie's group is a huge success uh, as you go through this new study. I do want to talk about Journey students as well. We are in the middle of a relaunch period, and that is happening next weekend, the 17th. Uh, we're going to be starting Sunday nights, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, weekly, every single Sunday. And uh, we are also going to do a new thing called Level Up, which is happening every other Thursday, 6 to 8 here at the church. And it's entirely just fun side of youth ministry with events and activities um, that they can just kind of take a break from life and uh, get here uh, in their midweek and just uh, be together and do fun things together. So we're excited about that, but I do want to bring this up as well. Uh, TCTC, the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention, is happening in Gatlinburg January 5th through the 7th, uh, 2024. And uh, we've got some kids that are already interested in going, and even better, um, a lot of you, after I mentioned this last week, uh, many of you came to me and said, I want to sponsor a child that cannot afford to go on this trip. And uh, I've got quite a bit of funds uh, set aside for that. So if you have a 6th through 12th grade student and would like to go uh, and you can't afford it, I would love for you uh, to reserve your spot and uh, go on this trip. But if you have a question about your situation or you know somebody that would probably benefit from something like this, but they maybe can't afford it right now, uh, come talk to me and we will work something out. And uh, please see me soon if you'd like to go because we do need to reserve our spots to get the early bird rate of $70, and that's it, $70, and uh, we will take care of the rest. So if you have any questions about TCTC, uh, come and find me before you leave here today. And we are in the middle of a series uh, in the book of Ephesians called Forward Thinking, Getting Past Our Past, and today we're talking about our past and how it really doesn't need to define our future, and we're also talking about truth. Let's go ahead and get started. Guys, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at our series today that Paul is sharing with us uh, from the Bible, and I hope that it is something that's encouraging, whatever's on your mind today. Uh, it takes seven positive words to overcome one negative word, so I'm going to do my best to try to help you today uh, walk away with some positive thoughts, and we're going to do this together. Uh, might want to write this down. People today are really curious about uh, spiritual things. Not so much sometimes when it comes to the church. The church is kind of taking a black eye at times. And sometimes misunderstandings and people and challenges that we have. But a lot of people really are interested in who is Jesus and what, what is that all about. So I'm going to try to guide us through those thoughts and try to help you find some positive thinking. We're forward thinking and getting past our past. And so I've got good news and I've got bad news. But I'm going to try to make it in such a way that you really feel like I'm uplifted and not discouraged. So i got more good things than I do bad things, but i got to tell you the truth. you got to share both. Say both. So it's like going to see your dentist. Connie and I have got uh, appointments tomorrow. And I hope when we sit down, you know, he tells us the truth. Like if, you know, if you've got a big old cavity there, you'd want to know about it. But I hope he's kind and nice and, you know, has good news. Even if you have a cavity that needs a filling, I hope it really is kind and nice as he tries to repair what's 
what really needs fixing. So I'm going to do that today. I'm going to share with you both good news and bad news. We're going to look at the series called Forward Thinking, Getting Past Our Past. And I'm going to review just a little bit to give you some of the context of what we're talking about as the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to people like us. We're all just people, guys. Nobody gets it right all the time. And so if you're feeling a little bit under the weather, if you're feeling a little bit uh, inadequate, or if you're feeling like, you know, maybe you're not sure of yourself at times, I want to I lift you a bit. Jesus changes everything, but we have to tell the truth about the whole story. Our story's not over. He's still writing the final chapter of our life, and if Jesus is in your story, that's really good news. But I have to give you the whole picture. So let's do that together. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. People today really are curious about spiritual things, and they want to know the facts. And here's one of the facts that i got to start with. And uh, this is kind of the bad news, and I'll get to the good news, but this is kind of the bad news. When you take a look at all of our stories, personally, individually, at first glance, when we all got started in this world, we all have a story and we have a past. And it kind of looks like we got passed over when it came to the God picture and the God part. Some, somewhere in our past, whatever, got ha- whatever happened in our life, whatever got complicated in our life, it looks alike maybe we got passed over. We didn't get drafted. We didn't get the job. We didn't get the promotion. We didn't get married or we didn't marry the person we thought we were marrying or going to marry. Something in our story way back there, way back there, it, it wasn't such good news then. It was really bad news, and that's what Paul is trying to tell the church, the early church, the first century church, who had spiritual insiders who were Jewish and had gone to church all their life and had memorized the Old Testament Bible, and they were very religious. And then he talked to those who were outside the church, those who were not invited to the Jesus party until Jesus went to the cross And then they came into the church. They were blended in. They were included in the family of God. And so Paul is speaking in Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, and he's wanting us to kind of open up the family album. And he's wanting us to remember from where our story started. And in the beginning, it didn't look so good at first glance. It sounds like a lot of us maybe got passed over. And here's what it reads like. So look at the text. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's, let's read a few of these verses. As for you, Paul's talking about you who are gathering in Jesus' name, you who are worshiping God today in Ephesus and here at Journey Church as well. As for all of you, you were, you were at one time dead in your transgressions and your sins in which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. And so there's this part in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 where Paul says, i got to tell you the bad news. Like your dentist sometimes has to tell you what your cavity looks like. And so how bad is it? And so Paul begins and says, without Jesus, it's pretty bad. It's like you've got a death certificate and you are going to die. Not just physically, but spiritually as well. So he begins describing what life without Jesus was really like and that there are no degrees of being a little bit dead. You're not just a little bit spiritually dead. You're really dead. You're not just breathing and smelling things a little bit, but Paul begins to describe without Jesus, we are totally and completely lost. Say lost? And he describes it with a word that we don't like to talk about. I am dead spiritually dead in my sin nature, verse 1. And so we need oxygen. You might fly to the moon. You might volunteer to be an astronaut, and maybe they put you on the moon, but when you get off of your ship and step on the moon's surface, 
you need oxygen or you're not going to live very long. So without Jesus, we're in trouble. Like needing oxygen to breathe, we need help. And Jesus comes to the rescue. And so that's the picture that's in this first few verses, chapter 2. Sin is a deadly virus, and it, it affects all of us like everyone who needs oxygen to breathe. It doesn't matter if you live in America or Europe or whether you're in another country or whether you're young or old. We all need oxygen to live and to breathe every day. And so the Bible tells us and describes to us Jesus in a similar way is the only solution to our, our condition. The bad news that we have to talk about that we all have a past but we're going to get past that past. But we do have a past. Our past does not define us. Jesus does. Amen? Amen? But you can't ignore it that we all started pretty much at the same place. We were spiritually dead without Jesus. And that's why it's so important that not everybody knows that God's for everybody. So we have to tell everybody that God really is for everybody. But we can't do it on our own. We can't reach God or heaven or our destination without some help because we like oxygen to breathe. We need Jesus to take care of our sin problem. Got it? Say, got it? Yeah, that's what he starts with. That's what he's talking about. And so nobody's going to slip through the radar, fly, fly under God's radar. Romans chapter 3 says, you and I have a past. There is no difference. Look at this verse on the screen. There is no difference whether you're an insider or an outsider, whether you're Jewish or Gentile. Doesn't really matter. There is no difference. Grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, my best friend. Doesn't matter. For all of us are in trouble. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and so without Jesus, we have been given this, this uh, death certificate that we are going to die. Not just physically, but also spiritually. Verse 3, Paul says, he gives a warning to us and he says, uh, it's a wonder it's a wonder that we haven't all made God so mad and started up a hornet's nest because of our past. We all have a past. Look at, look at the message translation, verse 3. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us before Jesus. Amen? So I don't know when you got your Jesus story started, and if you haven't ever gotten your Jesus story together, let's get it together, and we'll help you do that. But I'm telling you guys, without Jesus, it's like trying to breathe and there's no oxygen in the room. Some of you struggled with COVID issues. And you've had COVID pneumonia or COVID colds or you've had COVID. And you've had respiratory issues that are real. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, that you might be the biggest, strongest person in the world. But if you can't breathe, you're in a lot of trouble. Amen? And the same thing is true without Jesus. Like like needing air to breathe, Jesus is what we all need in order to overcome our sin issues, our past, and what's happened. So busted or pulled over or whatever you want to call it, the Bible says we're guilty, however it happened. However, somebody helped you understand that in the past, we're all guilty. Say guilty? That's the bad news. You got a cavity right here, buddy. Open your mouth. Let me look a little deeper. We're going to get that cleared up. We're going to drill it out. God's going to help us. Verse 3 says, before everything got sort of twisted up and life got sort of diabolical because there was someone behind that, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Now think about this word diabolical. Before Jesus, we were kind of mixed up and everything got kind of screwy because we were trying to gratify something that really God says not very good for you. That's your sinful nature. And we were like hopping in the sack with Satan and his demons and didn't even know it. That's what our condition was before without Jesus. We had a past and it was pretty dark. Is it pretty dark? Yeah, it was not very good at all. And without Jesus, we are in big trouble. So we want to know the truth. So we want to be told the straight truth, straight up, spot on. What does the Bible say? Romans 3.10, there is no one righteous. Look at that verse. Not even one. The best person that you've ever met. Like, man, how could that person, that, that, they're like Billy Graham. 
I mean, they're like Mother Teresa. I mean, you know people who you think to yourself, it could have been your grandma or your grandpa or whoever, your mom or your dad, but somebody really impressed you with how religious and how genuine and authentic, the best person you'd ever met. But the truth is, we're not Jesus. And nobody gets it right all the time, and no one's perfect. And so everybody, sooner or later, has to admit, without Jesus, it's like being without oxygen. I'm going to die. That's the truth. That's what the Bible tells us. So that's the bad news. Here's the good news. You ready for some good news? I, ho I don't know if you guys have been counting, but it takes... Seven positive words for every negative word. So I'm going to try to get to more positive words so you all start doing the math. I've said a whole lot of negative words already, so I need a lot of good ones to finish this up. So let's start with some good ones. Here's the good news. We do have a past. The past doesn't define us. Jesus does. And even though it looks like you got passed over, Jesus calls us up. It's like your phone rang. You got the job. You got the promotion. It's not over. You're going to have a second date. You're going to get another opportunity. Your cancer's in remission. You're, you're, you're cured. You don't have to worry about it any longer. So when it comes to our sin, Paul says, even though before Jesus we were passed over, or at least it seemed like it, it felt like we got the pink slip and we were just stuck with all the bottom dwellers of the world. We were the losers. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 again. Verse, these verses that I'm reading, look at verse 4. Look at chapter 2 verse 4. Here's what he says. But because of God and because of his great love, you can have a big God moment. All of us can have a big God moment. Have you seen the movie uh, Big George Foreman? Anybody seen the movie on Netflix? Connie, raise your hand because we watched Big George. You should watch it. It'll make you feel good. Big George, actually heavyweight champion of the world, lost his title in 1977 in Puerto Rico. He bombed out. Matter of fact, he died on, he died on the floor. They thought he was dead. But he met Jesus in the darkness. And he became a preacher in Houston, started a youth center in Houston, started a church in Houston. He won his heavyweight title back at age 45, oldest heavyweight champion at that age to ever win a title back. And Big George gave away all of his money for his Big George uh, grills, $137 million dollars was what he signed over at the time to his church and to the youth center in Houston, $137 million. Big George had a big moment. Say big moment? That's good news because it looks like you had a lot of bad days and a lot of bad moments, and you got passed over. But because of Jesus, you can have your big moment too like Big George. Jesus changes everything. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us, not dead, but the opposite of that, spiritually speaking, alive with Christ, even when we were really dead because we were sinning in transgressions. How did it happen? It is by grace. It wasn't because you went to the right church. It wasn't because you said the right prayer. It wasn't because you straightened up and quit smoking. It wasn't because, you know, you stood up straight or sat down quietly. It, it is by grace, a gift, that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. There are just some places that we, you and I just don't get to go. You don't have the right money. You don't go into the, you know, you don't go into the, Luxury boxes, you all are all rooting for the Bengals today. Man, I hope the Bengals win their only game. You ain't got enough money to sit down where the owners sit in the luxury box and former players. In it. You don't get to go there. You're, you're locked out. You don't have the money or the credentials to get into some places. But when it comes to heaven because of Jesus, you're invited in. Say amen. 
That's pretty good news for somebody who felt like I got passed over because of my past. Forward thinking, it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us in the luxury box in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. He's not going to run out. He's never going to run out. It's unlimited. His unlimited grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace, not by rules or rule-based religions or keeping the Ten Commandments or 613 commandments or going to church at the right time, the right day, wearing the right clothes, sitting in the right seat. It's not by that that we get into the luxury box in heaven with Jesus. It's by grace, a gift, that we are saved through faith at baptism. And this was not from something we could do, not from ourselves. It's a gift of God for everybody. For God's love of the world, everybody. That's what he says, John 3.16. He's, he's right. Not by works so that no one can boast. Say amen? Heck, that's great news for guys who felt like we got left out. And maybe most of your life you felt that way. Maybe you just weren't very good in math. Maybe you couldn't see the chalkboard. I mean, maybe you couldn't do geometry. Maybe you just didn't have the right education. I don't know what it was, but maybe it just felt like you were excluded and not included. And Ephesians tells us in chapter 1 that we just read the last couple weekends that you are included in God's family. You are blended into his family. You may not be cashmere sweaters, but you are synthetic outsiders synthetic well, we're, you're in the sheepfold you're one of you're one of Jesus sheep and he's the good shepherd you're included say amen that's great news even for all of us who felt like no one really had a place for us god says i've got room for you it's by grace not by works verse 4 and 5 look at that because of god's mercy mercy me man do i need a little mercy today our kids are crazy. The world's crazy. I'm telling you. Well, I need a little mercy today. Because of God's mercy, we get better than anyone deserves. Are you waiting for a miracle? You are a miracle. You and I are a miracle. We're a miracle of God that we were passed over because we weren't insiders. We weren't Jewish. We weren't really a part of that Old Testament history at all. And God, in his love and mercy for everyone, grafted us in like a big old apple tree in your backyard that you wanted to blend it in with another version of apples that you said, let's put another kind of apple on the tree too. God did that with us. You got grafted into the family of God, and that's really great news. No matter how lost you were, he found us. He found us, and he brought us in to his family. Maybe you've been the prodigal child of, I don't know, maybe you've got several siblings and you're the one that never did figure it out. You're the stubborn one. You're the difficult one. You're the wandering one. There's a place for you too. Amen? That's the good news. There is bad news that we've all messed up. Sometimes we've messed up every relationship there is. We walked out every door and everybody walked out on us as well. But the good news is Jesus is not done. That's pretty cool. He's not done with your story, and he's not done with my story, and he's still writing the final chapter. No matter how messed up, turned around, how confusing, chaotic, he'll help us sober up, guys. He will. You can't put the bottle down. I know somebody that will help you put the bottle down. He will. You can't clean up. You got too many needle marks already. I know somebody who can change everything. Jesus changes everything. I know somebody. His name is Jesus. It's true. Let God love us into his family. Luke chapter 15, verse 23. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. Spiritually speaking, because of his sin, his choices, like you and I, 
He was lost, but now he's found. That feels so good, sounds so good, that is good news. So they began to celebrate. What are you waiting for? Why aren't you happy today? Why aren't you smiling? Do you come to church like it's a celebration and a party to enjoy, or do you just drag your rear end in here like, oh, i got to go do this again? What are you thinking? We ought to really celebrate that we were lost but now are found. Say amen. What's wrong with us? I mean, if your Bengals score the first touchdown, I'm just telling you, get out of the way. Randy's going to jump up and down and throw something across the room like, I'm ready to go, like, let's go Bengals. I, we're fans, and we get excited and passionate about things like our sports team or about our grandchildren or about our vacation. What are we thinking that we can't celebrate that once we were lost, but now we are found, and that God really has blended me into his family, even though I was an outsider and I have a past, but I put the past behind me, and I have a forward future that only God can imagine. It's not all written yet. Say amen. Is that not something to celebrate? Smile. Put a smile. And you guys on the camera back there, man, if I could see your teeth, show me your teeth. I'd love to see you smile like, yeah, I'm ready to celebrate now. That is good news. I'm glad to hear that. And it is the truth. Instead of a funeral, there's a party to attend. You've been to too many funerals. Seriously. People die physically, and we miss them forever until we meet them again in heaven. But because of Jesus, we're going to meet them in heaven. We celebrate their life that hasn't ended. We celebrate that we'll be with them forever with Jesus in the luxury boxes again. It really is that we've got ourselves stuck in this kind of trap that life's a disappointment. And there are bad things that happen to good people in life. It is true. But do your best to try to celebrate that once we were lost, now we are found. John chapter 11 says it's a forever celebration that when you die, believe that it's not over, that God raises us with him to live forever. John chapter 11, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies physically. Verse 6, God will do something that no one else can do that you're still working on. Here you go. Grab this. God will restore your dignity. Because of our past, some of us lost our dignity with our family. With people who really wanted to help us. Because of a past, it's really bad news. We're ashamed. We're embarrassed. But because of I was lost, but now I am found, story, Luke 15, we now have our dignity once rejected because of sin and our behavior, we now have our dignity restored that we are called a child of God. Amen? You're smiling again. I hope you're smiling. Why would God do that? Why would he do that? I mean, if it's your anniversary, probably that dumb old husband you married is going to find a card somewhere, probably. I mean, I'm just saying, if it's your anniversary or maybe your birthday, I mean, even even a old squirrel finds a nut every now and then. I'm just saying, probably he'll figure it out. But why would God? Why would God go looking for us? And our past was such a mess. Why would He do that? Why would He even care about us? Well, I know He cares about good people, but why would He care about somebody like me? Verse 7, 8, and 9, the Bible says it's because of God's kindness and his grace. You'll never find a deal like Jesus. You'll never find an opportunity to find dignity again and eternal life. You'll never find another Jesus. You'll never find a Savior who will die for you in your place. It is a really cool story of the Bible that's true. It really is true. When I see my dentist, don't you tell me I've got a cavity if I don't. 
I don't want no drill. I don't even like to hear the drill. But if I got one, let's clean it up. So Jesus comes in and he says, open wide. Uh, and, we, and we let him look inside. And he says, okay, that's got to go and that's got to go and that's got to go. But we're going to work on that. He says, it's okay to, to, to not be okay. But let's not stay that way. Let's, let's get better. Say better? That's really good news. And that sets up this last point. That sets this up. Our book's not finished. Your story's not finished. The last chapter's not written. Not if you're still breathing. Verse 10. Brian says this is his favorite verse in chapter 2. He says he's written a paper in college just about verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. You and I, all of us, everyone who has a past, we all did, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance long, long ago before your mom and dad ever met and you became a child and their, their infant son or daughter, God prepared in advance for us to do. God had a plan and a purpose for your life even before there was a you. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. It doesn't matter what our family tree looks like today. It doesn't matter whether we messed up or whether our dad messed up or we never knew our dad or our mom. It doesn't matter. The Bible clarifies this truth. You're not some accident. Life's been messy or maybe it's been a train wreck or it's been frightening or horrible at times but I'm just telling you it's not over and God's still working on it and you are his workmanship matter of fact you're going to be his masterpiece if you just don't give up don't give up but trust God that he knows what he's doing some of you work on your bikes and your cars and your lawnmowers and your trucks and your farms and your fence and you've got this idea about how it should look and you want to shine it and you want to have it just right and you to go to the garage and you work on it all through the winter and now it's spring and you're still working on your project and maybe you're still working on it for months from now, maybe even years from now, but you've got this picture in your mind of the masterpiece that you would really like to create and it takes time. Sometimes we have to take a fender off or sometimes we have to change a tire or a wheel. We have to do some things to it, but you know what you're doing because you're you're the one who's at work making a masterpiece, a piece of workmanship that everyone can be proud of. That's what God's doing in our life. That's what's happening right now. Some of you got baptized. You went to some Sunday school. You went to a revival meeting. Something happened and you said, I believe and I surrender all. And you walked down an aisle and shook some preacher's hand and you said, I'm in. And, but somehow it fell apart, you know. Like, like the fenders got dented. Like somebody broke the window out. Like somebody, you know, messed up your shine and Man, you begin to grow discouraged and weary because of how difficult life can be and how costly it is. And you'd work so hard to be just, you know, shined up so everybody would be proud. And now you've started doing something that you're not very proud of at all. Just hang on. Just hang on. God is still, he's still in the garage with you, buddy. He's still working on whatever it is that he had in mind for you. And you have a purpose, a God purpose, that he wants to complete. You're not some kind of an accident, but you're actually God's plan. And verse 10 says, because of Jesus, we have hope, even if sometimes we've blown it, and we let Satan get a hold of us, and he slammed us to the ground with some kind of facial, like somebody in a football game today at, at NFL who just got run over. You know, somebody just got run over in a big football game. Maybe you feel that's what Satan's done to you. God wants to pick us up, lift us up, and he will. And he's still working on who he wants us to be. Literally, verse 10, God's workmanship. He has all the details and understands how to restore our confidence, verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, so that we might actually be that word workmanship. The Greek word for that is poema, from where we get poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. I guess it's a better poem than that. That's all I can think about. 
some little rhyme. God is writing your story, and he wants your story to be a classic poem forever. That's who we are. You're his poem that's in the making. We're going to become God's masterpiece, like a piece of art that the artist is developing over time. We're going to take communion, and these guys are going to come back here and get the little trays, and we'll pass them. But let me say this first. You guys who are going to help serve communion, pass out those cups and just hang on to the cups. There's bad news. It seems like we got passed over. There's good news. We got called up and invited to the God family, to the Jesus party, and we're blended into the church, the forever family of God. And he's not finished with what he's doing in our life. He's really working on it. And here's the problem. He's going to make us a masterpiece. But none of, it, none of us, no one here, none of us feel like a museum piece right now. Not today. Like I had bad breath this morning. Like I burped when I got up this morning. Or I don't know what happened because we're just all people. It wasn't very pretty. So you begin to look at all the bad things in your life and you think to yourself, there is no way. I'm not a museum piece. I'm not ready for prime time. I'm, I'm not ready to put on display somewhere. I don't want anybody looking at me. God says it's okay. God says because of Jesus, we're going to straighten some things up. And the way that he does that is as we take communion. If you're taking communion the right way, if you're a Jesus follower, and if you're taking communion the right way, you're expecting something to happen right now as we take this communion. You're expecting that God's going to do a miracle in your life. Not for the person sitting beside you, but you're expecting for you. For whatever it is, your warts, your bad behavior, your bad attitude, your bad thoughts, bad words, I don't know what it is, but you're thinking right now before you take this communion that God is fixing to do something in your life like again that you can celebrate again because this is what God does over and over and over. He's working on us in the garage that we might become that masterpiece. Amen? You got it? Let me read you this. Bottom line is whatever obstacle is in our path right now, it doesn't have to be an obstacle. It can be an opportunity for changing something that we might be even more. It can be an opportunity for a better version. Here's the story. And then we'll pass the communion cups and we'll take the, the communion together. Let me grab my cup. In ancient times, the story is told. A king had a boulder placed in a roadway. And then he hid himself and watched to see if anyone would remove the huge rock. Some of the kingdom's wealthiest merchants came by and simply walked around it. Many loudly blamed the king for not keeping the roads clear. But none did anything about getting the big stone out of the way. And then a peasant came along carrying a load of vegetables. On approaching the boulder, the peasant laid down his burden and tried to move the stone to the side of the road. After much pushing and straining, he finally succeeded. And as the peasant picked up his load of vegetables, he noticed a purse lying in the road where the boulder had been. The purse contained many gold coins and a note from the king indicating that the gold was for the person who removed the boulder from the roadway. The peasant learned what many others never understand. Every obstacle presents an opportunity to improve one's condition. Say amen. Let's pass the cups. Pass these cups. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There therefore... Now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus, quit thinking negative thoughts about yourself. Stop it. 
Stop it, stop it, stop it. Before you take this communion, if you have a relationship with God and if Jesus is your Savior and you've been baptized by immersion and you've made this decision already, stop thinking negative thoughts about yourself. Put your burden down. Put your back against whatever boulder is in front of you that, oh, but I couldn't do that. Yes, you can. Put your back against it. I failed in so many ways. Put your back against it. Find the treasure and the purse that's under the big, heavy burden, the rock, the boulder, that you might celebrate that God's making you into his masterpiece. And he's not finished, but it's going to start again, all fresh again, as we take communion. Together, the bread. There really is no condemnation unless you condemn yourselves. Stop that. Jesus came that we might be free. We're not Jesus and we're not perfect, but we have been given mercy and grace and we are free. John 10, 10. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy what Jesus is setting free. He's going to set us free. Let me pray. Thank you, God, for grace and mercy that's not deserved and it's not earned, but it is a gift. May we receive from you a celebration in our face. May our face show what's happened in our heart, that we are happy because we've been restored because of Jesus and his death on the cross that takes away my sin, the sin of the world. May we believe, I believe, we sung that we believe, I believe that Jesus has taken away my sin. In his name, amen. Drop the cups and basket as they pass it. If you've got an offering, put that in the plate. And if you want to help us with the Tide jug, put it in the jug before you leave. And if I can help you make a Jesus decision or pray about your Jesus relationship today before you leave, slide on down the hallway, and we'll talk about that together. God bless you guys who are home. Hope to see you in person real soon. Have a great week.